if a client wouldn't rebook, we would reach out. And if she was like, no, thank you. That's usually when I would follow up and say, Mrs. Johnson, did we miss the mark in any way with our appointment when you were here? And usually that's when, now that I've come invited it, they'll feel like, yeah, actually, yeah, you did. I had to wait 10 minutes for my appointment and I still got charged the full price. Not like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Let me get a refund now, right now, percentage. And as soon as you validate them, then they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll rebook. They're often not going to tell you. The way they tell you is by not booking again. You have to welcome what they're saying. And even if it is so hard for you, the best thing you can say is, I understand what you're going through. I thank you for sharing that with me. Your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by lash professionals and for lash professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ah! Is that how you feel? Yeah, it's LashCon. LashCon season. We are recording this basically two weeks and one day from day one, our first day of LashCon. By the way, I need to explain something before we get into all the other stuff. If you're coming, don't worry if you're like, wait, day one, what's that? Wait, Lash Lab, what's that? What's Lash Booth Collective? Is that part of my LashCon ticket? It's not, by the way. That's an additional price. You have to pay extra for that. Just want to make sure because I realize there are some people reached out to me like, I didn't know there was a a Friday event. I'm like, yeah, there is, but don't come if you don't have a ticket. Like, you got to go buy that. That's That's an add-on. That's called an add-on. If you look at the website when you bought stuff, there were add-ons. And so, anyhow, that's all said. Yes, we are in the middle of LashCon final prep. And amazingly, I'm feeling pretty good. Things have all kind of come together. We haven't had any major catastrophes, knock on wood. But that said... There'll be things. They always are. I mean, people don't know how many things went wrong in 2021, but a lot. I mean, we had speakers drop out. We had things just not work. We, I mean, I had... We had some technical fails. The night were... before, we were supposed to use laptops, right? We're supposed to... We have to have these laptops. We have to have two laptops per room. One is for the camera to, re, to send the video to the... To the, for, so for streaming, and the other one is a for PowerPoint, right? So people can do the presentations, so you can see slides on the wall, as well as see them online in the presentations. Well, I just didn't have time, but I didn't set those up until 3 a.m. on Saturday night. So our event starts in the morning, like at 8 or 9, and I was downloading software, registering computers, and updating software at like 3 a.m. It was ridiculous. It was like... St- Stupid because if anything doesn't work, 
there's no presentations or no videos. That was the type of stuff that I was doing last year. Nothing like that so far this year. Right now, I'm working on the laptops next week, two weeks before the event. Yay. Yes. And so the moral of the story is that when there's more margin in your life, you can plan better. Yes. So that you're not like crazy. But I have to say, we've always been that crazy scramble mad dash. Yeah, I work better under pressure than you I know, do when I just have... I see this all the time. We're like, okay, I have all day to do something. And I have to get done by six, let's say. Like our daughter will attack that thing first right at 9 a.m. Boom. She'll hit it, be done by noon. So she has all this afternoon. I will screw around for six hours. <laughs> and then at three o'clock go, I should probably get this done now because I have to at six. And I'll get done. And I enjoy the high, I think. I enjoy the pressure. I mean, I've gotten better, but still, I do better under those circumstances. When I have a lot of time, I'm less creative. I'm less driven. It's just hard for me. But this year, because LashCon has 1,000 people, I can't be diddled out. There is no room for error. There is no room for error. I have to have things done ahead of time. I mean, I'm giving schedules to our photographers ahead of time. All our people are going to have schedules and layouts and floor plans. It's going to be very detailed, and it's all going to be done before, God willing, as it's going right now. Because the goal is that we want to enjoy yeah. the con just as much as you. We want to, we want to rub shoulders with you. Yeah. We want to meet new friends, the people that have been listening for a while and haven't ever come up to us. I mean, I've had people offended, and rightfully so, that I didn't get to say hi to them while they're there. Like, I came, you know, they came for everyone. But one of the things on their bucket list, little checklist was like, also, I want to say hi to Paul. I want to meet him in person. You know, he's always been saying that he's a friend in the last industry. But I was more like an acquaintance to most people. No, you were a ghost. I was a ghost. <laughs> I was floating around behind the uh, scenes. A chicken with your head cut off is what yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. So, so we're looking forward to really having a good time with yeah, you guys. Yeah, we want to hang out with you guys. We want to make friends. We want to be community. One announcement, LashCon tickets or two. LashCon tickets, yes, we have a few. If you want, go ahead. Buy it. I actually have a couple VIPs. So some people had unfortunately had to cancel, can't come. So we're selling those. You can buy a VIP if you're listening right now. It may be gone, but maybe not. You never know. Also, we have two trainings left for the year. We have the one in Boston. That's coming up on November 19th, 20th in Boston or here in L.A., December 3rd and 4th. And you can go in the show notes and get links to that or go to our website, lastcastproductions.com, and buy those today. Last I checked, we just sold another ticket for L.A., so I think we have two or three in L.A., and we have three or four for Boston. So you should come and hang out and change your life. I promise you, it'll be worth it. All right, let's talk about today. We have a couple of things. We're going to try to go too long here, but, you know, maybe this will go for an hour. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. I need to be working on Lash God. But that said, we don't want to ever skip a podcast. We mm -mm. used to back in the day. We're trying our best. In fact, last year, I think during this time in November, we didn't do any episodes. We went three weeks without anything. And it's well, bad. Not today. Not today. We not are, today, Satan. Yeah, we're, keep, <laughs> we're keeping it going. So we wanted to do two things, or we might, might end up doing three, but things that you don't need to be afraid of. Oh, I love not being afraid of stuff. Yeah, because there's a lot of fear. Well, gosh, watch the news. You never want to leave the house. I mean, Tuss has been watching more news. He's like, oh, we need to be aware of this. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Stop telling me all the things we need to be afraid of. Cause I know. It just paralyzes you because then you don't act. You don't do anything. So I don't, I don't want to be ignorant. I mean, I read two or three newspapers, at least headlines and short blibs. Blibs? 
Uh, blurbs. You read a blib. I read blibs or blurbs basically on the internet every morning. I spent probably like a half hour, 45 minutes. But I'm still mindful to realize this is news, is information. I need to know what's going on in the world, but don't take so deep and get so caught up in it that you basically then decide, I'm not going to do anything today. I'm going to stay and watch bonbons, watch TV and eat bonbons. Or maybe just watch bonbons. That's always fun too. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty exciting just sitting there melting. So anyhow, the first thing, not to be afraid of, and this is one because we had recently in the last year, since the COVID's been over, we've had some changes in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. So my clients are like, hey, have you seen that new Lash place? You yeah. Know? Two doors down from us yeah. on either side. We are on Lake Avenue, which is pretty busy street. Main Street, Col- Pasadena. Cross sections with Colorado Boulevard. You know that song by the Beach Boys? It's also where the Rose Parade goes down. Not Lake, but Colorado. Yeah. So two... New very inexpensive. Yeah. One is forty dollars a fill and the other one's fifty-five. Yeah, and they're both chains, I believe. Local Mm -hmm. chains here in LA. They're not national chains. And they do lashes extremely cheap. Like I think they're 30 minute, 60 minute appointments, I think. They're not even over an hour. Yeah. And they're doing new sets for like $75. And you know what? For a lot of people you see online, someone new moves near you and they show up in their salon, their business, their booth rental, and they charge half what you do. And I hear it all the time. People are like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful. I can't charge more because everyone around me charges less. Tusney charges $203 and $270, depending on an hour and a half or two hours, for a fill. We're talking about one-fifth the cost for the appointment. These gals are going for 40 and 55 almost one-sixth the cost, really. And do you feel threatened, Tuss? Not at all. In fact, when people say, hey, there's these new lash places, I'm like, oh, that's great. Because honestly, it's one of my biggest dreams when I first started was that lashes were so new and so rare at the time. It was my goal that this beauty service would be so prolific because it had such power to change people's lives and how they feel about themselves that I wanted to see lash places on every corner. So I was prepared for that. This means that in my view that the industry is growing. There is enough business for all of us. The pie is big enough. I don't need to denigrate my lash sisters that are operating at a, a different model than I am by saying, oh, they're cheap or watch out what you get. I know that my clients are not their clients Mm -hmm. and their clients are not mine. Their clients maybe one day be mine because they have an entry to it. They realize, wow, this is pretty amazing. They seek more. Some people will be just happy with that service that they're getting and they'll be happy to stay there. But then others will be like, I want a longer experience. I want to be pampered while I'm there. I want something that is beyond the scope of what they're able to provide. And so they'll reach out and they'll, it's a win for all of us. Yeah. It's more of the market is able to get in the lashes when you have low end places as well as high end mid range. It's good to have something that serves the market at every level, because like you said, someone might move in at a low level. For instance, for us, when we were young, when our first years married, actually most of our married life, we were pretty poor. Most of our married life. We didn't have a lot of money. So I ate a lot of fast food for many, many years. You know those like frozen burritos that you buy in both the El Monterey? There's yes. like 10 of them. You Which know? I one time cut my hand open and had to go to the emergency room just because I was trying to cut. Tuss oh, like, no. don't use that knife to, to cut those burritos apart. And I'm like, it's okay. And also like, ah! It was like, a butter knife. Yeah. And he's like sticking it in there. Trying to separate them because they're frozen the, together. No, no. The part about the burrito <laughs> stitches is that 
for three days, three or four days, he's like cleaning it with alcohol. And I'm looking at this wound on his hand and it's starting to look, yeah. he had to go and get stitches, but it's starting to look like swollen, you know, it it's like affected. bursting at its seams. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. He's like, no, it's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's, it's normally it hurts like this. Fine. It's supposed to be pussy and red. I'm like, no, I don't think so. And then he started getting this line, this red line that went from the hand up the arm. I'm like, sweetheart. We need to take you to the emergency room. No, it's fine. So he goes to the emergency room. Yeah, the doctor so looks at him. Yes. He's like, what took you so long? He's like, you are like three hours away from sepsis. Do you see how it's like growing up your arm like as we speak? I almost had gangrene growing on my hand. Yeah. He's like, as soon as it hits your arm, your elbow, then it goes into, you know, anyway. So that's All one right. of those. Total side story. No. To, this is one of Tessa's moments as she looks back. And if I mention like right now, she just, man, you dummy. Like you shouldn't behave like that. Well, you should have listened to me. Yes, I do now. Okay. Thank you. I, faith, I go to the doctor too quickly now. I'm like, oh, Thank you. my pinky is a little soft. And I'm like, <laughs> I run to the doctor. He goes, what's wrong with you? The pinkies are always soft. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, but the, I, what I was saying about restaurants is we used to eat really cheap, bad food all the time. And now, kind of the last few years, as we've kind of grown and, and our business has done better and we've kind of stabilized our life, we don't really eat out a lot anymore. But when we do, we eat out really nice. Like, we really want to go to a nice restaurant and experience the whole shebang. So we've had some really good meals because we've changed. And I think that's what's going to happen with lash, people with lashes. They're going to start in. They're going to be great to have these low-cost places where you can get in and you can begin to get the feel like, oh, I kind of like this. You know what? What is it like to eat, like, a steak instead of a cheeseburger at McDonald's, right? And you decide to upgrade. And, and if your means, as you grow as a person and your income gets better or your priorities change, you go, I want You better. can try and upgrade, Yeah, right? I upgrade. So I may go to a mid-tier. And after a while, either your lash artist gets better and they become a higher tier, or you after a while go, you know what? This was nice for the time being. I really like shopping at Kmart, but I want to shop now at the top. I want to go to Saks Fifth because I just, I want the best. I've worked hard. I've grown in my world. I've, I have influence. I have the means. So you go for it. We need to see this as just the normal evolution of our industry that we are going to have low-end or a low-cost place, I should say, mid-cost and high-end. We've yet really to have what I would call the toy elite cost, like the Ted Gibson pricing. Like Ted Gibson, if you guys don't know, he was on our episode a few years ago. He charges, I think, $2,500 for a haircut, not color, no, and nothing. Just cut the hair. And it's not necessarily like white glove service. It's not like they put their clients' jackets on for them. They don't even do that. No, it's not it, that kind of thing. There's no even receptionist or, or front desk. There's just him, and he has all technology in his place. It's very cool, high-tech His slot. clientele are A-listers. Oh, they, yeah. They're they are celebrities. the A-listers, yeah. And for them, it's about status, that they can go and afford to have Ted Gibson do their hair. I've not seen that yet where someone's charging one, two, three thousand $3,000 for a lash set. I think it could exist. By the way, if you're listening... And you're fully booked and you're charging three, four, five hundred dollars, keep going. Yeah. Man, if you're booked out for months, you could go up and become start charging six hundred. And people are like, why do you charge six hundred? I, I can't believe you charge so much for lashes. Who cares what they charge? Let someone charge six hundred dollars. If they're fully booked and the demand is there, you will actually find your demand might go up the more you charge because you are catering to a different group of people than the average day, like soccer mom who's like trying to watch her budget. 
Now, keep in mind, the higher that you go, the higher the expectations are. Yes. Now, when you're lower, the expectations are a lot lower. So there's a lot more margin area for mistakes and growth, and people aren't going to get so mad at you. I remember one time we bought airplane tickets from like, it was a place literally called Cheap Airline Tickets. (laughs) And something happened and we couldn't go and we tried to get a refund and there was no way and there was no customer service and we were so mad at first i was like i'm so mad i'm gonna write a review and then as i started to write it i'm like wait the name is cheap airline tickets they don't care i mean honestly i knew what we were getting when we bought it what you know so it's like the same thing like with integrity lash we charge top dollar and so it had a high standard. People expected a lot. So yes. they were quite vocal when we didn't meet their expectations. And we accepted that. Had we been a lower price point, mm-hmm. there would have been much more margin. So had, it's yeah. okay. What I'm trying to say is that it's okay if you have a lower price point. If that yeah. might be where you are in your evolution. There were times when people did not come to see me for the skills. They came for the personality because it's really all I could offer. I was just beginning. And like a lot of people, the lashes aren't that great. Yeah. But they will be. Yeah, as you grow. Exactly. So you did do that. And just a side note, Erica, the lawyer, I don't know what else she goes by, but it's Erica, the lawyer on TikTok. And you know the one like, who's like, oh, you know, that's I follow, who told you this? Erica did. Yeah, that's why I follow her. She said things like never buy from discount airlines or not discount, never buy from discount services because all the guarantees and warranties and protections that you get are gone. There's different fine print for those accounts. Like you buy a ticket for Delta through one of them, you don't get all the Delta guarantees because he bought through a discount. So anyway, that's a total side note. Can I do another side note here? Because you talked about us being poor and not having a lot of money for food, which was true. And then you talked about us going to nice restaurants and fancy restaurants. Now, it's true. We have become kind of foodies. But I really want to put a disclaimer out there. Yeah. In some ways when we're on vacation or when we're out, that's how we choose to spend our money. It's not like we're living high on the hog. And for example, like one of the areas that I don't choose to spend money, which, you know. You're talking about Sheen? No, well, kind (laughs) of. It's like, I I don't really buy designer stuff. No, you don't. I love it. I admire it. I think, oh my gosh, it would be lovely to have. But for me, it's not as much of a value. I would prefer to have... Um, that experience, so, you know, even mm. though it's fleeting, it's crossing your palate and then it's gone. Yeah. I'll admire all the designer stuff on all my friends, you know, you know, so you make sacrifices. Oh, no, everything sh- is. Yeah. And, and everyone makes sacrifices. That's why when I see stuff on Instagram with people showing off all their wealth, I think most of it's just smoke and mirrors. They've chosen to show certain things about their life that they've done well in. Like they have a really nice car or maybe they were smart and bought a really nice house. But They probably made sacrifices elsewhere because truth is, in the lash world, while the money's good, it's not great. I mean, I hate to poop on someone's party here, but it's not like you're making a million dollars a year doing lashes unless, and very few, there are probably a few lash brands at the top of the pile who are making that kind of money. The rest of people are making anywhere from fifty to maybe hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. You can make a good living. It's a good living. It is, but not. What I'm saying is, you're not making like Silicon Valley money or investor money. If you're smart, though, if you make a hundred thousand a year, one hundred fifty, let's say, that's really doing well. Then guess what? If you invest that well and smart and take that money and put it, you can make that into millions of dollars by the time you're sixty. But most people. Our industry. I just want to let people know that when you see that awesome, I, I just hate it online. We tried. We don't show anything we do online. 
we're all about business. I want to give you value. Once a blue moon, I may show you like our dogs or something. <laughs> I did last this week. I decided to show the dogs for some reason while pig was grazing in the field. But that said, I overall don't think our personal life is of any importance to you guys. It doesn't matter what we do. We don't do It's not that exciting, to be honest. And I don't think you'd be that impressed. No. Like, I mean, sometimes people are like, oh, I wish I could see your closet. I'm like, no, honestly. No, you don't want to see our closets. I'm a bargain girl. Yeah. I like a good bargain. I like we the thrift store. We live pretty simply. Overall, I, we have a few nice toys. We have a very nice TV. <laughs> I've spent, because my movie background, I always wanted a TV that was like a theater for me, so I spent a lot of money on that. But like our kitchen and all our couches, no, everything is all I, I super say, cheap. I think our house is really junky. I yeah. mean, it's like really humble. It is. It's the same rental we've had forever. Yeah, and we so we trade off things. So I just want to make sure... You guys, my friends, my listeners, no, I'm not standing here bragging. I mean, I'm cut from the same cloth as, as you guys. Yeah, Tessa always gets worried when I talk about because the, the, one of our values is dining. We do like good food. But we maybe eat out once a month. I mean, it's not, it's not like we do it all the time. But that one meal, because I almost feel like I, I valued it. Back in the day when I was working in the salon, actually I would eat almost every day lunch out because I just didn't have time and Tuss didn't make lunches in those days. So I would just eat whatever fast food or fast casual is nearby. But now I'm like, no, no, no. Stop eating all that crap. Save it up. Save it up and have one amazing meal. That to me is a higher value than having a crappy meal at Panda Express every day. We always call it Panda Meat. We call it Panda Meat, but that said, <laughs> Panda Express because no one would know what I mean. Like, we eat a Panda Meat. To be like, clear, what? we are not eating Panda Meat. No. We just call it Panda Meat. Yeah, it's, it's called Panda Express. Everyone knows what it is. It's <laughs> fast, casual Chinese. And I love the place. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, but it's not healthy and it's not a good place to eat, so I don't. Uh, can I just say one more thing? What? I just value you guys so much. Tess is always afraid of us flaunting our stuff. Well, like, like, the thing is, is that I know what it feels like to be watching somebody um, and, be, feel and feeling bad. bad about yourself. Like, yeah. I don't like that. I think it's a horrible thing to make other feel. I mean, it's like the sense of power that I guess people have about making other people feel bad. I don't think they're trying to make people feel bad, but I know what it's like to be on the receiving end mm-hmm. of somebody saying, oh, I do this, I do that, and thinking, oh, I could never do that. I could never afford that. That's not part of my yeah. reality. That's what we never want to do. That is why we don't share a lot about our personal life. Even then, I think, like we said, no one would be impressed by it. That said, we're keeping the mystery. That way, I mean, I saw someone there recently complain about something about us being rich and never understanding what it means to be poor. That's why I'm kind of sensitive yeah. about this. It's like... I make oatmeal in packets and I take it to the hotel with me and I eat it at, you know, because I like the oatmeal better than I mean, and from- we've been technically homeless for about two months. At one point, Tessa had to go live with my parents because we were in between places and I got a new job and, and I, we couldn't afford a place, didn't have a deposit. So we had to wait about almost a little less than two months. So and that technically would be you know, homeless, right? Because And by the way, we had zero money in the bank account. The month before we were homeless, that I, I was living with your parents, our refrigerator broke. Oh, yeah. We had no fridge. Our refrigerator broke. This is before, and, yeah, before we were homeless. We lived in the apartment and had no fridge. The fridge did not come with the lease, and, and they were raising the building. And so they weren't, you know, we had to leave. And we couldn't get a rental for a month. So literally- Well, we couldn't afford it either. We literally had no money because I was, was unemployed. Was I was unemployed. You um, basically, we won't go I into it. I had to go it to the grocery mess. store and get ice. Every day. Every day. Keep the for I, a month. A small little bo- uh, ice chest we had so we could have milk and eggs, I guess. Uh, very basic things. Those were dark days. And those were dark. 
dark days. And our kids were young, so Tuss was taking care of the kids. I had a baby. Yeah, one of them was a baby. Yeah, one was like one. Cole was like four or five. And yeah, it was it was pretty miserable. And so we've been there. I've had many times in my life, I've had three jobs in my earlier days just to pay the bills. I would work all day. I worked in the evening, and then I would have weekend jobs or side gigs. It's kind of a joke when I look back. I go, what a hot mess that was. Because I was trying to work in Hollywood, and Hollywood didn't pay very well, so I had to do other side jobs to pay for the bills. It was nuts. Anyhow, we've we've been there. We've been through the hustle struggle, and even now, I wouldn't say we are definitely done. I mean, I'm, I'm working like now 16, 20-hour days right now just to get last done. The key is that you don't give up. No. The key is that when you get knocked down, because it happens, it is the rhythm of life, you're going to have good seasons and you're going to have hard seasons, and you have to keep plugging along when it's hard and yeah. you have to keep believing that it's going to get better and that you have the ability to make change for yourself. So and no one else is going to do it for you. No one is going to come to your rescue. No one's going to help you ring oh. you up on the phone and say, Hey, today's your lucky yeah, day. You want some money? Do you want Can I recognize you today? Yeah. Yeah. You got to build it. You got to create something noteworthy yourself. You have to do that. No one else. So One of the keys with that is making sure that your mindset's right. And mm-hmm. it's not being overtaken by fear, like fear that other people are They're charging less, are charging less. There's more people in your neighborhood. There's somebody else that's doing it differently or yeah. doing it better. Listen, you double down on you, you, you know, there's something that you're being successful at in your business, something that you're known for. You double down on that. Yeah. And you keep doing it day in, day out. You chop the wood, you carry the water. And before you know it, that's the legacy that you're going to create for yourself. It's wealth and stability for your Yeah. So to kind of wrap up, I guess the first thing I have to fear about cheaper salons is really knowing what your value is and what you can provide and what makes you unique. Also, knowing who your audience is, make sure you know that if you're charging 125 an appointment and someone comes next door and it's 50, guess what? I guarantee you that's a different client. They're going to be appealing to clients who are a lot lower, who are looking for cheaper prices. You got to be confident, unless you're not booked. Now, if you got, I charge 125 and I have one client a day, okay, maybe you're charging too much. Maybe you're not quite as good or amazing as you think you are. But if you're pretty booked and you're doing well, I mean, pretty booked, I mean, like if you have 100 hours, you're booked at 80 of them, let's say, 80%. I've always said it's a good benchmark to say, yeah, 80, 85, you're really killing it. And if you're doing that much, then you don't sweat when, man, there should be, people can come next door, right next door to you as like a salon suite and charge one third your price and you will be fine. Or what will happen, what we've seen, in fact, this last couple of weeks, we've seen this. A couple of clients who've been gone since COVID all of a sudden came back and- I'm guessing they probably tried another place or two because it's been almost three years for them. But they both came back and were like, okay, Tess, you're the best because they liked what you do. Your style, your work, even if it means they have to pay double what they normally would, they could have gone anywhere and gotten cheaper lashes. They know your technique and they love your style. And I'm what they're looking for. Yeah, and that's what they're And they're okay spending that. Right? You're not going to get someone who makes $50,000 a year to go spend this kind of money on Tess. That's very rare. Tussle's clients are really wealthy, all right? And it takes time to get to that type of audience. So if you're new, you're probably not going to start with the no, high-end clients. No, I didn't start out that way. No. I didn't start out that way at all. It was, I charged $75, I think, in 2006. Six. Yeah. And I charged that for a long time. And the lashes were not good, you guys. <laughs> well, 2006, it was a dark ages. Nobody had a standard, but you learn. And you get better, you refine it, you double down on what's good, and... 
one of the things that you can use instantly as a test is, are they booking immediately after? Yeah. I had the privilege as I was looking through some of our Lashy winners, the ones that have won the Lashy Awards, and some of the things that they do, some of them for client retention are getting 100% return rate. That's an immediate confirmation that you're doing something right. Now, if you are not getting 100%, that's a perfect opportunity to find out why. You follow them. If they say, oh, I'll book later, then you follow them. Three days later, a week later, you're reaching out to them. They're like, you know, it just wasn't that bad. You invite them back in for free. In fact, what, what we, I would do is this. If a client wouldn't rebook and, they, and that we would reach out, we'd just schedule it, like make a note, call Mrs. Johnson in a week to book next month's appointment. And if she was like, no, thank you. That's usually when I would follow up and say, Mrs. Johnson, did we miss the mark in any way with our appointment when you were here? And usually that's when, now that I've come invited it, they'll feel like, yeah, actually, yeah, you did. I had to wait 10 minutes for my appointment. I was 10 minutes late and I still got charged the full price. I didn't get a discounted rate and she didn't go over because she had another client. Not like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. You know what? Let me do this. I would offer, in that case, I say, let me get a refund now, right now, percentage, or I can give you a credit for next time. And then they'd be like, and as soon as you validate them, then they'd be like, oh, okay, I'll rebook. It's funny how those little things, but you have to open that door. They're often not going to tell you. The way they tell you is by not booking again. That's their rejecting you thing where say, I'm not going to book and again. And sometimes they're so polite that they're yeah. not going to. So you have to welcome what they're saying. And even if it is so hard for you, the best thing you can say is, oh, I understand what you're going through. I thank you for sharing that yeah. with me. You have to validate what, what they're saying. And not fight them. And listen. The, the thing is, this is my favorite quote, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. You can learn from it. Yeah. So that's one way that you can immediately, you know, change things and do better and, and find out why people aren't returning. Because I think a lot of times they vote. People always vote with their pocketbook, right? That's how you really vote for things. They vote with their pocketbook. And most women I find are too polite, too, don't want to be mean. They don't want to be nasty to you. Like, you suck. That's why I'm leaving. They're not going to say that. They're going to be like, I thank you very much. I loved them. And then they just will never call you again. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. She said last time she saw me, she said she loved them. No, she didn't. She just to said that to be nice, and then you're gonna have to dig a little bit more. And that's why it may be awkward for you. It may be hard, or you're like, if you're busy, don't worry, just move on. If a client leaves, no big deal. But if you're slow and you're wondering what's going on, that's where you can engage, you can call them, you can learn, grow yourself, and maybe you find out that if you get 10 new clients and nine of them don't rebook, that's saying a lot about you, and that probably means you're charging too much. That means you're not delivering the value that they want, and they're gonna go elsewhere and find someone who does. So. That's where you can be humble and say, you know what? I thought I was really great. I'm not. So I was charging 150 for a new set. Maybe I should charge 100 for now and cut my budget, cut my cost, because obviously cutting your income like that. And maybe you'll find all of a sudden you'll have more clients sticking around. Because, again, people don't complain about McDonald's when it's only like five bucks for a sandwich, right? It's like, eh, it's five bucks. Who cares? I'll eat that. But if, they, if McDonald's tomorrow came out with a new menu, the $100 burger, <laughs> everyone's like, and they don't change the burger at all. But McDonald's like, we can make more money if we charge $100 a burger. No one's going to buy the burger. And guess what? McDonald's goes out of business the next day because all of a sudden their sales go to zero because they way overvalue their burger. So when I was six years old, I went to, I was taken to McDonald's and I really wanted to go. Do you remember like the burger, the hamburger? And I got the hamburger and I (laughs) opened it up and 
and the bun was cracked. You know oh, how it is. It's like we're you know, getting into all your stories. <laughs> no, they they put the yes. with the paper, and it's like you know it whatever. Like but it didn't look like it did on the TV yes. on the commercial because they they intentionally I think smashed the burger. And I was like, the bun is cracked. I threw a fit, yes. and and every time my parents took me there, I would scream and holler because the bun was cracked. Tess was just a little little. I eccentric. couldn't understand it, but again, it didn't look like I expected it to. So anyway, yeah. So. Anyhow, that said, value is associated with what you, you know, what you give. You can only charge if you give good value. McDonald's can only charge five bucks because they don't give good value. But I do like it. Love their hamburger. Not the hamburger. I love the fish filet. <laughs> I don't know why, too. I love the fish filet. And I and I eat it maybe once a year just out of guilt. When was the last time you had uh, one? You ate one? Not this a year. A year ago? Not, not this year. I know last year at some point I did. When you were traveling to Oakland, I think I would sneak in and get Fish fillet. Don't you dare! I haven't eaten McDonald's in a long, it's long nasty. time. I, I was still once in the blue moon. It's like, oh man, it'd be so nice to get a fish fillet. You know what's so funny? Let me tell you another family joke. Oh yeah. So when Paul <laughs> was a kid, he would always order two. two fish fillets, and his dad would be like, "I call them fresh burgers." Back in those days, too, they were fish his burgers. His dad would be like, "You better eat both of those." <laughs> like, of course, like, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm hungry. I'm gonna eat both. So he never would. I eat one, <laughs> and then I said, "I'm too full. I can't eat the other one." <laughs> Bite <laughs> always the same. I've got to order two fish. And then, you know, the next time comes up, and I'm like, Dad, you want me to starve? He goes, Okay, fine. You never eat the but second one. You have to one. eat it. I'm like, Of course, Dad, I'm starving. I'll eat both. And then I, I could never finish the second one. <laughs> You're like, I'm never buying you two fish fillets again. Yeah. And funny now, if I ever, the last time I bought, I would never buy two fish fillets. <laughs> That's too much. I have a fry, a, you know, water and, and fish fillet. That's enough. I don't need more. But man, when I was ten, oh I thought I could eat like eighteen of those. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when shopping hungry. Just don't shop hungry. It's a, it's a bad idea. All right, let's cover this one really quick because what we thought would be like a ten minute talk turned to thirty three minutes. So it's all good. Let's talk about one other thing you shouldn't be afraid of because I've seen actually this come on like more and more, and it's, I think it's going to happen more and more and more over the next years as this company grows. And that's Loom. We talked about Loom. I think it's the robot. Two, it, yeah, the, the robot, robot that does the lashes. About a year. Was it two years ago? I forget. It was just after during COVID season when Tustany was flying up there, and, and we're, we're consultants for the company. And we've been there. We were like right from the beginning. Nate had one other employee, and then he brought us on after seeing us at a trade show. Which is why, by the way, go to trade shows, go to conferences. You never know who you're going to meet. He saw Tusney teach. We've said this before, and he was so impressed by her. He decided to bring Tuss and I on as consultants, and we've been with the company for over five years. Five years now, and we've seen a lot of it where people are posting online. Oh my gosh, so scary. the future is here! I'm going to lose my job, and these things are going to take over and kill people. You know, whatever. It's like a lot of fear, a lot of fear, and we wanted to say real clearly, and we'll try to do this quickly here because time is ticking, and I got things to do. You don't have to be afraid of the robot. Don't be afraid. It's not going to take over our It is our, not going to replace you. There is nothing that can replace you and who you are and what you bring in the skills. What it's going to do is it's going to open the door for more people. Yep. Just like the cheap lash places down the street, you don't have to fear them. The more people have exposure to the lashes, the better it is because they're going to want that beautifying treatment, but they're going to want it in a different way. Yeah. So the robot will be good for some people, and for some people it won't be. You know the biggest market it's going to open us up to? And this is going to be, well, novelty alone. People will just want to do it for the novelty's sake. But aside from that, the real audience that this is going to be the prime audience for 
is people who work in New York City and they don't have more than 30 minutes. Like they can come during their lunch. They don't have two hours. The thought of laying down for two hours and getting lashes done or three hours or even an hour, there's no way in this world I have the time to do that. I can't justify my budget, my time, but someone says, you can get lashes in 20, 30 minutes. Like, okay, I'm sign me up. I'll do that. We've had not many. I mean, I know some people, people are always shocked when I say that Tessany does three-hour first sets. The first time she sees a client, it's always three hours. And people are like, oh, I can never get anyone to sit in my bed for three hours. Yes, you can. If you provide the right value and you track the right client, absolutely there are clients who want three-hour services. But for some, that's a hindrance, right? Yep, there are. And there's been people over the years I've talked to on the phone, and I've told them, yeah, our first appointment is three hours, and they go, <laughs> they're like, what? Three hours. My girl gives it to me in like 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour. I'm like, that's fine. That's great. That's not how we do lashes here. We take more time. We apply more lashes. You don't have to come in as often. So there are benefits there to you if you want to try it. But But we're not for everyone. We're not for everyone. So robot is going to be successful. It's not going to be for everyone. It's going to be for some people. It's going to be a great entry for people to try. And it's not going to replace a person. It still will have a human touch, but you don't have to be worried it's about it. It's one size fit all right now. I think they have three settings. Of course, this will evolve over time, but it's not able to really recognize the eye shape and deal with different design types based upon eye shape. And the well, that's the way it is right now as, as it continues they want to grow. To, yes, it, it, Those, because there will be a lash artist that's running the machine that will be the robot tech that will be able to put those factors in And by in the way, there. that's one of the things that's kind of cool is that the lash is going to be run by lash artists. That's not going to be run by robots like engineers. They're going to have a lash artist who sits down and preps you just like you normally would. Then would turn on the machine. The machine will do the majority of lashing. And then at the end, they fix anything that needs to be yeah. tweaked and or But they also need the lash artist's eyes to be able to program into the yeah, and the, they get more variables tech, and more, what, yeah. what needs to be done. So for those who want to be working with that kind of technology, instead of your own tweezers, you'll, you'll for, be yeah. using a robot, which is amazing. It's kind of like doctors being with robotics. My my dad helped invent. The, um, the Liberace, as well. The Da Vinci. The, the Da Vinci, which is the first, uh, I think it was the first um, robotic surgical equipment. They do the gallbladder surgery, prostate surgery. All, Basically, yeah. they can open the, the body and it can even be done remotely. It can do remotely. They, they've actually transatlantic. They've done surgeries from overseas where someone was on the part of the world. The anyway, benefit of the, the robot is that it's minimally evasive. Yeah. You don't have to crack but a big chest. Guess what? Doctors still do the operating. There's no robot right now, currently at least, who you just put them in the room and you say, okay, you guys all go to lunch. The robot's going to take care of business. No, the robot needs a designer behind it who helps to make it a reality. And that's what's going to happen here. You're going to see Lash Artist now running that. So that, for you, by the way, if you're a techie or a nerd, you're like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. I mean, I get to run a machine like a robot and do lashes Yes. Yes, you do. And so that's a totally different thing. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And by the way, just to get the security or safety people, like, I can't believe they put that over someone's eyes. They're going to poke them out. Guys, here's the demo they've shown this, and they're going to have to do this a lot more. They take a tissue and they like toilet paper tissue, they stretch it out, and then they have the wand go down and touch the tissue. And then guess what happens? The wand does not poke through the tissue it dislodges and falls off. It's a safety feature. It's a safety feature. That wand is so loosely attached by a magnet that you could almost, if you take your breath and go right by it, it would blow off to the side. I want to say it's loosely attached, but it's on purpose. So it's not like it's designed to be incredibly precise. It's not lifting heavy 
things. The lashes, as we all know, are super light, and it doesn't have it can't poke sharp. You. It, does, it can't poke you. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have sharp tweezers with a poke on. Like, there is no tweezer. Tweezer. It's like a lasso. It's a lasso. It's a little loop. It grabs. Opens it. and closes. And so lashes, actually, in this sense, are safer. This is the thing that's crazy. People don't realize it. With a robot, it's actually safer than humans. I mean. Tessa's, I think you've poked someone once or twice in your career. Not oh, long. everyone has. Yeah. Okay. Everyone has pinched. Everyone has pulled somebody's lashes out. You can't do that with the can't robot. Can't do this with a robot. Nope, not going to happen. So that's the benefit. I just, we want to let people know that you don't have to be afraid of it for your career and you don't have to be afraid of people dying or being killed. Like, I know it looks oppressive because it's big and bulky, which, by the way, will not be the machine that they eventually end up with. That's they're, still the, the work, is, working prototype. Yeah, they're just right now building protops. They don't care about the design or the aesthetic of it. They just want it so it works. And so for them to get there, they have to... They they yeah. do care. It's just that in this process... Well, that's at, at this, this point. Yeah. There's a higher value to functionality over aesthetics. Eventually, the aesthetics will be applied once they figure out the functionality and its completeness. So I guess I would say the only person who should be concerned that this would infringe on their business is somebody who's really not a good lash artist and yeah. doesn't care about their clients because that will be your competition. Yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if you suck and you put no effort into your work and you don't really care about your clients and you're real nominal in your practice, yeah, yeah. I think but a robot that, will take you. That lash artist is not even listening. No, she should be listening, but she's not. So yeah, if anyone true. can hear my voice, it's not you. You guys, you're not in this club. Don't worry about so it. Don't worry. Your job is safe. So, all right, those are our two things. It was good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah good. we hit it's it. Good. Very good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us once again today. Hopefully, we'll see you in Lashcon. We gonna have in less two weeks. If not, you could still get a virtual ticket. You can go online at least this year, watch it virtually, and then start making plans because we will probably do a flash sale right after Lashcon. So for like a week, like last year, we had a week where you can buy your ticket right away. So that might and there'll be payment plans, so it'll make it really easy. And we're playing with different pricing this year. We may have some. Higher end tickets, but we may actually do something even more affordable. Really discount. We're going to try. We're going to really try if we can get the budget. Our biggest problem is the new venue that we're going to be doing a venue change or combining venues, and they cost a lot more. <laughs> so I just got to figure it out. flesh. Yes, everything. But anyhow, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my Lash Vitamin Tusney. Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. Bye.